0: If you have a fantasy hockey team and it's loaded with Minnesota Wild players and you're relying on them to make the playoffs, I'm very sorry, but we're going to be telling you some stats that are not reassuring that they're in a good spot right now. Also, ditto to the Vancouver Canucks, who uh, at the time of this recording are the only winless team in the National Hockey League right now, and they just uh, are fresh off a stunning home loss to the Buffalo Sabres, a loss in which a fan threw their jersey on the ice. Yes, uh, that's the first time it's happened this year. If anyone was taking bets on that, Vancouver won. Congratulations, I think. Either way, we're going to talk about both Minnesota and Vancouver's mis- misfortunes, and which franchise is most likely to turn things around. Episode 339 of the What Podcast starts right now. <music> It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Dubuff.
0: Just like that stumbled intro, uh, Vancouver and Minnesota have stumbled out of the gate, Brett, uh, in various ways.
1: Yeah, when you look at the bottom five teams, like I know it's still early. Most teams have played at least five games. You see, like, San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim. You're like, okay, that makes sense. They're, they're teams that are, like, um, like you know, they have a good prospect pool, but, like, it's going to be a while before they're actually pretty good. Um, it's surprising to see Vancouver, and most importantly, it's surprising to see Minnesota um, at this bottom five. Um, also, <laughs> it's surprising to see Philadelphia and Buffalo at the top but we'll, we'll probably talk about them eventually I imagine um, if their hot streak continues anyway let's be
0: known that Buffalo started 5-1-1 one and one last year and look. Oh, that's
1: that true about? yeah they did have a hot start but Philadelphia is pretty surprising too Although, again, in a way, yeah. I guess
0: with their roster and considering they don't have and yeah. Ellis, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, like you said, Brett, in another time. But still, I mean, Torts is doing it again. He's yeah. getting some early season success with yeah. his new team. So I'm not right. that surprised. But considering what Philadelphia has been the past couple of years, I guess, yeah. It's a bit well, surprising. I think
1: the thing with the Flyers is it's never been about the coaching. Um, it's more been about, like, we all know that Tortorella is a good coach. But it was more about the injuries, like you mentioned, and the roster. So it's just like, so it's just like, oh, okay, I guess, like, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's not so surprising because we know that Torz is not a good coach. But at the same time, it's like, this team doesn't have their best player in Couturier. It's like, what's what's going on? Um, and anyway. also,
0: at the end of the day, if you're one of the most prepared teams, you put yourself in a better position for success. Like, you can yeah. have all the talent in the world, but if you're not prepared to do the simple things, yep. or prepare to get to the gritty areas, or gritty. do the Was that a pun things intended? that lead to wins, if you're not prepared to do that, and you're not prepared to win the game, well, you're kind of setting yourselves up for failure right after True.
1: True. Was that a pun intended? You said gritty.
0: Uh, no, but... Now that you mention it, yes, it was. <laughs> I don't know what pun was
1: intended, but yes, it was. You said gritty, um, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then I mentioned yeah, <laughs>
0: right. totally yeah, that. Yeah. I totally meant that.
1: Yeah, you can you can totally go with that. Um, I'm half asleep right now. No, no, no. It's it's it, totally it, okay. Even
0: the jokes I made go over my own head.
1: Yeah. No. It's it's totally okay. Um, I figured it wasn't intended, but I I felt like it's like, hey, gritty. Yeah.
0: I love those perfect coincidences. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah like, exactly. Funny when I'm not.
1: All right, anyways, back to the main topic here. Uh, we're going to actually start off with the, like, of these two teams, Vancouver and Minnesota, I think it's more surprising that Minnesota is off to a rocky start because, like, Vancouver, like, yeah, they, they had a great second half, but they also had a cold, very cold start to begin last season as well. So um, we'll talk about them um, in a bit. But first we're going to talk about Minnesota. Um, they, they started the season off. Uh, losing to 7-3 seven, seven to three to the Rangers, which you're like, okay, that kind of makes, makes some sense because the Rangers are a good team, but, like, you know, you would like to see some scoring, so it's like, all right, whatever, what, what's, what's going on? Then, uh, uh, like, two days later, they play the Los Angeles Kings. They lose again to the, the Kings. This time it's 7-6. to six. This was a crazy game because there was, like, a lot of back and forth, a lot of high scoring, as you can tell. Um, then they lose to Colorado on Monday, six to three. Um, you'll notice a trend that these are very high scoring teams that are losing; they're allowing a lot of goals.
0: Yeah, six six is the magic number. Six at least. Well,
1: seven, yeah, I mean they did they did allow seven goals at first. I think I mentioned this last week, but like I think like the Minnesota like was the first team to ever to allow seven goals in both of their first games or something like that. Um and also
0: uh, there was a stat, I think first time in the first three games yeah. a team has given up twenty goals since the ninety eight uh since the sorry, the 1990 Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. And that was not a playoff team in case you're wondering.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um and then, uh, then they play the Canucks on Thursday. They beat the Canucks, um, which is the team we're about to talk about pretty soon. Um, but that, that game was in overtime. They win then. Um, and then lastly, on Saturday, they lose to my Bruins. Um, it was, that, that game was in overtime. Um, that was one of those games, like, I only caught a little bit of it, but... Um, that was one of those games where, like, the Bruins t- had um, were losing or like had the lead at the beginning, uh, but they didn't really look overall that great. And then Matt Boldy scores, um, and then um, Jared Spurgeon scores to tie it up, um, and then yeah, in OT anything can happen. So so at least they get a point there, but. Um, anyways, that <laughs> that's besides the point. Uh, what, what's more shocking is like, let's see here. So, uh, Zuccarello has been the good news. We can say Zuccarello has been unbelievable. 10 points in five games. Kaprizov, eight points. Um, and Boldy, uh, six points. Uh, Kalen Addison as well has six points as well. He's their new defenseman. I think they got him in that, um, Oh, a trade with the Penguins. Oh, that Jason Zucker... Yeah, that Jason was the Zucker trade. February 2020,
0: yeah. Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's crazy how my mind worked, because I was like, wait, I know that was a trade. Where was he drafted by? Right, the Penguins. Okay, who is on the Penguins and used to be on Minnesota? All right, Jason Zucker. Got it. Um, so, so yeah, uh, so he's going to be good, especially when uh, Matt Dumba is going to be leaving in a year so uh that's gonna be something. Where well, I mean, yeah, supposedly likely. he's leaving in a year. He's a yeah, injured. most
0: likely with yeah. the cap, especially yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, so, so that's been the good news. Uh, the weird news, though, is like um, Marco Rossi um, has been playing, but uh, only nine minutes of ice time on average. I'll get to the goaltending in a second. Um, Ryan Hartman, I think, is injured. Um. Oh. Although he hasn't been as good, two points in five games. Oh no. Never mind. He's not injured, but he's um, he's just not as good. Um, he's just struggling. <laughs> yeah. Uh. They do have Sam Steele, two points in five games. I believe. Uh. They have another center who's, with Kaprizov. Why am I blanking? Um, Tyson Jost. Yeah, Tyson Jost but I don't see him on the stats list. Oh, he only has one point in five games, so he hasn't yeah. been good either. I think that's, like, one of the reasons why it's that none of those centers that I just mentioned. Um, it should also be noted that Ryan Hartman, go.
0: sorry to interject for a second, Yeah, Ryan Hartman was um, in the bottom six for a little bit, yeah. and he's only recently moved back up to the top line.
1: Yeah, know, yeah, so. so, so that's a little strange. It's like, I mean, we knew that Minnesota had some – Uh, Some issues with the with the centers Um, and Joel Eriksson he has three points in five games so he's good but um, but yeah we we knew that the the wild needed some center help and we had assumed that Marco Rossi would take over eventually and he still can Um, it's just weird because I don't think you can like have an effect on the game with only nine minutes and 48 seconds of average ice time Um, so that's a little strange uh, the other things that's strange, of course, is the goaltending of both Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson are not good. <laughs> Actually, now this is the first time I've been looking at this. Do you I mean, I don't know if you, have you looked at the stats yet? I assume you have, but in case uh, you haven't. I
0: all I know is that the amount of time Philip Gustafson has played it has not gone well for
1: Okay. Me. So uh, so you haven't looked at their stats. Um do you wanna guess? On Philip Gustafson's GAA or Marc Andre Fleury's GAA. They're very I'm just saying similar.
0: Philip Gustafson's in the fours and Marc Andre's like, I don't know, three point four six. Nope,
1: nope. They're both in the fives.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's actually nuts.
1: I know, I know. Marc-Andre Fleury actually has a worse GAA than Philip Gustafson, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, and, and, which is interesting yeah. because against
0: yeah. the Bo- uh, the Boston Bruins, he was actually pretty good, I yeah, mean, yeah. Set, like, but, and, good and it's, it's
1: like and it's, it, it's impressive in that sense, too, right? He was like, Yeah, he was playing he was playing well, uh, but yeah, no, um, uh, it's crazy to be fair.
0: He also started out pretty rough in Chicago last year, yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah, that's fair. Uh, but anyways, uh, to complete this whole thing, um, so Flurry's one, one, and one. Uh, with a 5.25 GAA and a save percentage of 8.47, so those are in four games, Um, and then Philip Gustafson um, is 0-2-0, with a 5.06 GAA and a save percentage of 8.60, Um, so slightly better than Marc-Andre Fleury, but of course not great either. Yeah, um, I think
0: his outings were like three goals on twenty shots and like five goals on thirty-seven shots.
1: Right? Like yeah, that. it's something crazy. Um, I was going to suggest. I know it's only been two games, but uh, for Jesper said but I wonder if <laughs> like they're gonna promote him because the thing has been that bad. But uh, I'm just looking at his elite prospects page, and he uh, his first he's playing in Iowa right now. Their their AHL team. Um, and he started off in two games with a 2.79 GAA and a save percentage of 880. So, so maybe it'll be a, a little bit longer for him to to figure it out. So, I mean, it's not a good idea. But yeah, it's it's just um, it's just weird. Like, because I don't think, I mean, I, I guess we we had assumed like there were question marks about the goaltending for Minnesota. There were definitely question marks about the centers uh, depths, but. Um, not necessarily like the goaltending. I guess there was kind of like, you know, Flurry wasn't really that great uh, for Minnesota last year, so maybe there was a part of that. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think it's um, yeah, like last year, Flurry had a nine oh four a nine ten save percentage and a two point seven four when he started playing for the Wild in the regular season. Um, so. So that's, like, decent. Like, it's not great, but it's, like, average, I would say. Um, And definitely not, like, this era. But, yeah, you're you're totally right, Steve, that, like, first off, Flurry did play better um, against the Bruins, and he was a part of that game that they won. But still, he gave up three goals against Vancouver, and he gave up four goals against Boston. So it's like, yeah, he did look impressive, but, like, ultimately, he's still, like, you know, he hasn't been what we expected him to be, even. Um, he's never, you know, he's never going to be back to what he was like in Vegas or in Pittsburgh. But, you know, you have expected him to be, like, decent, like nine ten at the very least. Um, yeah, which which is why yeah. I
0: fear that it's a bit concerning when yeah. you see Gustafson struggle. Yeah. Because you need to go to... A competent backup and you need to trust that backup is gonna get you wins when Fleury is not in the net because you can't give Fleury the workload that he was getting yeah three or four years ago I think it was his second season with Vegas he was getting played way too much
1: yeah yeah um, so now we'll we'll talk about like things that they can do just to like hopefully get like get it over this thing um, the good news is is that they play Montreal on Tuesday Um, Although, um, they play Ottawa on Thursday, although that's going to be a tough matchup now. Uh, Detroit on Saturday, that's also a tough matchup again. And then Chicago on Sunday, and then they, those are all road games, by the way. Um, And then next week, uh, November 1st, they play Montreal and Seattle at home. So that's like relatively an easy, like an easier schedule than playing the Rangers, the Kings, the Avalanche, and the Bruins. So like you know, I could realistically see them getting back on track just because of the easier schedule. Um, but at the same time, it's like you know this goaltending, you know, is is kind of a nightmare, and that's something that should be addressed first. Um, however, like their center situation needs to also be addressed as well. Um, I wonder if like maybe Bill Guerin will will make some like trade early on to get this team back on track. Um, maybe there is like some some center that's a free agent uh, this this next year should be as like a rental even. Like I know it's still early, but I I I, I could see like uh, like Minnesota making a desperate move. However, if, like they are going to make a trade, um, whoever it's for. Um, it's not going to be uh, easy because, as we've mentioned many times before, they have Parise and Souter uh, still bought out. Uh, they're making uh, six million this year. It's going to be seven million next the next two years. So it's not great, um, but um, yeah. So that's something that they have to consider. But they could get like a rental, who's like someone who's a center um, for them this this year. Um, to help them out, but I'm, I don't know who that could be. But, yeah, what, what do you think can right this ship, and and what do you think of Minnesota so far?
0: Well, um, in terms of available centers, um, well, let's eliminate the possibility of Riley, Ryan O'Reilly as a trade option. Free agency, that might be different, right. but no way St. Louis Trades... Rhino uh, rally to a division rival, especially if that division rival suddenly uh, emerges from the Ted and uh, vaults them atop the Central Division standings. Um, but, you know, you look at names like, I don't know, Sean Monaghan, the way he's been going in Montreal, it's a, it's a bit reassuring there. He has four points in six games after some injury riddled campaigns. There's also Dylan Larkin, whatever happens with that situation in Detroit. There's a Bo Horvat in Vancouver, which um, you got to wonder with how everything is shaken up there. Maybe he becomes available. He has four goals in six games, five points so far. There's Jonathan Druin as well in, in, in the mix uh, as a possible rental. So I guess there are names that you could throw out there, but you have to shed some cap if you are going to make a move like that. And as Brett mentioned, Matt Dumba could be a name. That's included in the return package because, you know, those suitor and pre bios are killing Minnesota every single time they try to yeah. improve their roster. Now, just by looking at the offensive numbers, and I say this because they're not as sexy and as impressive as they may seem. Uh, Matt Zucarello, to his credit, four goals, ten points in his first five games. Pretty good season. Kirill Capri saw four goals, eight points in five games. Pretty good. Uh, Matt Boldy, three goals, six points, five games. Pretty good. Kalen Addison on the back end with six assists in five games is near the top of the leaderboard in points by defenseman, which is pretty good considering he's only averaged like not even 18 minutes per contest so far. Joel Erickson is pretty decent with three points in five games. Uh, Marcus Foligno, for his pro- pro- for the production that you normally expect from him, three points in five games, I would say it's pretty good. That's uh, the type of production that Jared Spurgeon is producing at right now. Mm-hmm. That's roughly the amount of production that you're going to see from him. You're going to see him at a .6 point per game pace at best. And, yeah, Brian Hartman's slow start, but I think he could pick it up and do better than two assists in five games. Yeah. And same with Matt Dumba. However, the caveat is the plus-minus. And it's bad for pretty much all of them, except Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy is a plus-two. Sam Steele is a plus-one, but he's not uh, high on uh, the depth chart as Matt Boldy is. Mm -hmm. Um, But you look at the star players. Matt Zuccarello, he's a minus-seven through five games. Kirill Kaprizov, he's a minus-six. Kaelin Addison, he's a minus-seven. Joel Eriksson-Eck? Considered to be, you know, a future Selkie winner someday, he's a minus six. Marcus Foligno, minus four. Brian Hartman and Matt Dumba, also a minus four. Minus six to Jonas Brodine, who is considered to be one of the best shutdown defenders in the in the game right now. Tyson mm-hmm. Yost, you mentioned him, Brett. One assist in five games, he is a minus five. And uh, Alex Goligoski, who put up some pretty decent numbers last year, pointless in four games, minus five rating. And I, and I feel, I'm, at, I'm asking myself, have they kind of strayed away from what makes them good? Have they strayed away and tried to be something that they're not? Because when you look at Minnesota, and we mentioned this in the season previous, Brett, this was a team that scored 300-plus goals yeah. last year, which right. is absolutely unheard of when you consider the Minnesota teams that came before them. Yep. And I'm starting to think, are they just trying to become the team that's just going to play run-and-gun hockey and just try to outscore you? Because, yeah, you might have the talent to try and replicate those stats, but if you forget about defense along the way, well, you could score six goals or five goals, but if you give up six or seven, it doesn't mean crap because you just lost the game. Yep. So I... I fear that they've kind of strayed away from what makes them good, their defensive strengths. Hmm. And if they don't focus on those defensive strengths, things won't turn around. Yeah. But I think for their own good, uh, they will adjust. They will make those defensive changes. And if they don't, well, uh, you're going to see the consequences.
1: Yeah, I think it's you know like i think the, like the last two games it's like they pushed their teams to overtime and you know yeah. that's basically yeah, like it's a progress the last two yeah.
0: games were progress but the and first couple yeah. were just reckless abandon and,
1: and at that point it's more of on defense and on the, at that point that's more of just like flip a coin type of thing you know yeah, so exactly. um so i th- i think that's like a good sign as what you're saying um but you know i guess that's easier said than done um and yeah, I don't know. I guess I am concerned about Minnesota, but I still feel like because it's like just been the first week or first two weeks, um, it, it is like you know you're starting to wonder like oh maybe maybe there is like something more. But yeah, you're right. Like at least they've shown some signs of life, um, and and as you were mentioning, like even in like the Bruins game, it's like oh they looked they looked competent. Like they almost won that game in regulation. So. Um, so yeah, it was definitely um, definitely something. Um, so I'm actually yeah, to
0: add to the point, they're eighth in shots for per game. Minnesota is with 34.8, yeah. 35.2 shots against per game, and uh, that is, is the fourth highest in the league. Yeah. The only teams worse than them: Anaheim, Buffalo, and Arizona, who oh, wow. uh, clearly don't have nearly the expectations that Minnesota does. Yep, yep. Um, and so, also the roster, right? Of course, yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, So I'm looking at teams um, or just, like, free agent goalies and free agent centers, uh, like I had mentioned. Uh, Some some interesting ones that might, like, you know, if they do become desperate, maybe they, uh, Minnesota kicks the tires. These are rentals, by the way. So these are guys that, like, are still fairly expensive, but they're, like, you know, I think they could make something work um, if they needed to, but, like, Varlamov. Um, he's playing yeah. for the Islanders that could try to get him uh, yeah, I didn't see that. Jonathan Quick is another one although I mm-hmm. doubt that happens uh,
0: well with the cap hit yeah, yeah that's that's the only concern of yeah. Varlamov and Quick is the right,
1: cap hit right, right. but like I was just thinking in terms of for Quick I guess also for Verlamov too is that like both the Kings and the Islanders are a good team so I don't know why they would do that um, but like in terms of other teams that may end up Moving their goaltending or could afford to do something, uh, Bernier, Blackwood, Mackenzie um, Blackwood, maybe James Reimer. Um, uh, yeah, I doubt Eden Hill does anything. Um, uh, Martin Jones, perhaps. Um, there, there's that Kevin Lankinen. Oh no, no, wait, never mind. That's Nashville. Why would they do that? Um, but um, yeah, I guess there's a couple. Also, Anton Kudobin. Um, I know he's in yep. the AHL, but maybe that's also an option. played
0: with them once upon a time. People forget he was in the that's right. Houston Arrow system for a bit.
1: That's right. But I, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's that might be. I mean, that would be an interdivision trade, so that's probably unlikely. But I don't know who knows. Um, in terms of centers, uh, Sean Monaghan. again. That's a big cap hit, so I don't know if that happens. Bo Horvet, which would be kind of funny if both Vancouver and Minnesota struggle. Maybe they make some type of trade. Uh, although trading their the Vancouver's captain, I don't know if that's, that's necessarily going to Yeah, just work. just
0: tell Minnesota fans you're getting Brock yeah. Besser and
1: yeah. then make the deal. Exactly, exactly. Um... Let's see here. Other ones, uh, Eric Halla, maybe, although... Oh, yeah, he, he was on Minnesota for a time. Yeah, he was. Um, That's where he started his career. I yeah, think. exactly. Philip Heedle, maybe. Um, Lars Eller. Um, I, I would suggest Dylan Strome, but it seems like he's in the top six, so I don't know why they would do that. Why um, Washington would do that. Um, I mean, I'm just looking down the list here. Um some guys that definitely aren't doing it is like Dillmark and Ryan O'Reilly, as you mentioned. Jonathan Tays would be interesting, but he's making $10.5 million. Also, he's in the same division as Minnesota, so that that could work, but just because of those two things I just mentioned, I don't think it's going to work. Um Freddie, oh, I was going to say Freddie Gaudreau, but it's like, wait a second, he's on Minnesota. Um, but yeah, so I got to just go down the list and I'm like, all right, this, yeah, no one's doing this. Um, the one
0: thing that I should have mentioned, by the way, it, it, you might notice, Brett, that their penalty kills around 75 or 76%. It was around that threshold yeah. last year as well, so it's not like their penalty kill sucking is anything new. Yep. It wasn't that good last year. But I feel like they're leaning too much on their power play. Their power play start the year is started the years, I think, over 3%, 6%. Yeah. And last year was, like, middle of the pack in the league, but now we're looking into the top 10 territory. And I feel like if you lean on special teams a bit more than you do, like the even strength, the 4-on-4, four four, okay. short-handed, um, then that's where you get into tough situations, especially if the opportunities to score in the power play yeah. aren't matching up. Because... Like say, like you like say you're good on the power play, but you're not getting the chances that Colorado's getting every night on the power play. Then then all of a sudden you're gripping the stick a little too tight every time you go on the power play. Because like mm. I don't I don't know how many times we're going to go on the power play, and you got to score on this power play. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think at that point you start to overthink things too
1: much. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So before I go, we move on to Vancouver. What do you think? Do you think Minnesota is going to figure it out?
0: I think they will because they have the personnel. Mm. And I think more than anything, uh, what they might need is a players only meeting just to say, hey, this isn't us. And we know we can be better. Yeah. And we got to turn this ship around. And yeah. it's worked with a lot of teams. Yeah, I can see it working for Minnesota. Yeah, it, it's it's one thing if it if this is the first time it's happening in quite some time. Unlike the other team we're talking about, where it just
1: right. it always it just happens. seems yeah. to
0: happen like yeah, yeah. At the start of every year. Right? right,
1: right, right, right. Or so it seems. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I do wonder if maybe Dean Evison just goes just to. Um, like, I, I feel like he's he's definitely on the hot seat right now, so um, maybe that's, like, a spark thing that's just, like, he'll be the first coach fired this year. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, I I think I, you know, you're right, that the last two games that they played, it's, like, it is, like, at least something, um, even though they went 1-0-1, um, but... You know, I think I think it's like at least they showed some type of fight, so it's like okay, at least there is something there. I don't know. Um, I I assume you haven't looked at the standings. I mean, you have seen the standings, but I don't know if you if you go by goal differential. Um, so Minnesota has a minus eight. Do you want to guess of a goal differential of minus eight? Uh, Arizona has the worst goal differential of minus thirteen. That's uh, not surprising. We all knew that Arizona's not going to be good. Do you have a guess on on Vancouver and their goal differential?
0: Um, negative
1: 16. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, like, like, more than, like, If I had asked you, like, who has the worst goal differential, Minnesota and Vancouver, I thought you would go with. I guess that's the better answer, the better question is you would. I thought you would go with Minnesota, but no, Vancouver has a minus 11 uh, goal differential. So that's in between Minnesota and Arizona. They are tied with San Jose for the second worst um, in goal differential, because San Jose also has minus 11. Um, to finish this list here, just real quick, uh, Anaheim has minus ten, um, Columbus has minus nine, Minnesota has minus eight, and so does Nashville. So, um, anyways, um, in terms of Vancouver, they they've lost all their games. Uh, they lost to Edmonton five to three. That's not surprising. Uh, they also
0: were up three nothing in that game. Yeah. People forget.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Uh, they lose to Philadelphia. Um, apparently, they're a good. Philadelphia is a good team now, so I they're guess,
0: also up two nothing in that game.
1: Yep, they lose to Washington uh, six to four. Uh, they lose to Columbus four to three in overtime. They also lose to Minnesota four to three as we mentioned in overtime, um, and then they lose to Buffalo five to one on Saturday. Also, according to Bruce Boudreau, who's the coach of the Canucks, of course, uh, he says he told Thomas Drantz. Um, who's, I guess, is like a Pete writer, or he I think he works yeah, for a sports yeah. Um, he, Bruce Boudreau says, I don't get how a team that hasn't won a game and you have a good second period can come out in the third and play with very little effort. I'm seeing what you're seeing. Uh, so, clearly, Bruce Boudreau is not happy with this team. I mean, as, like, no one's happy with this team, so I guess that sounds surprising. Um, in terms of... The stats for the Canucks, because uh, we did the same stuff. Um, Thatcher Demko has a 4.24 GAA, so not as bad as Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, but an 8.58 save percentage. Uh, Spencer Martin, um, who's their backup, he has uh, 3.79 GAA and a save percentage of 8.79. I should say that Spencer Martin's only played one game, um, so i uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, in terms of players... Um, and skaters, um, Elias Patterson has six points in six games. He's been good, uh, but he leads their team in points. Bo Horvath has five points in six games. Quinn Hughes has five points in five games. Brock Besser has four points in six games. Um, and Tanner Pearson has four points in six games as well. Um, I could go down this list here, but basically, the consensus is is that no one's really scoring on this team. Um, You know, it's interesting because, like, I had picked the Canucks to make the playoffs this year because I had thought that they had figured all this stuff out, and I thought, like, you know, Bruce Boudreau is a good coach, and I thought, like, okay, maybe, like, Bruce Boudreau, under, like, a full season with Bruce Boudreau, something can work here um, and and make it, uh, like, you know, just, like, maybe eventually it will be, like, a good team. Um, But apparently that's not the case. Um, and the, the stuff, I guess, you know, it's weird that like Bruce Boudreau even publicly said something like that because it's like, you know, it's bad when your, your, your coach is, your coach is publicly saying like how your players don't care at all. So, um, so yeah, I, I imagine it's like code red here in Vancouver, um, right now. I, I don't know if they're going to figure it out. Like it's, like I, I do think that Bruce Boudreau is a good coach, but usually and like teams tend to tire of him. But usually that's like after a couple of years, not like after like a half of a half of a season. So so I I don't know. Um, I I feel like they're they're going to figure it out, but I don't know. I I feel like they're less likely to figure it out compared to Minnesota
0: they're less likely to figure out because this was sadly a bad trend that happened with a different coach and a different GM last year. And those and those two guys, Jim Benning and Travis Green, arguably were reaching the end of the line at that point. And now you're like not even a full year later, the same thing with a different coach, a different executive and vice president of hockey operations. Uh, a different GM And the same thing keeps happening You can't get off to a good start When you look at the Ottawa Senators For example, Brett. When you talk about good starts, good finishes, good middle periods Ottawa's Achilles heel Has been the second period They've been unscored 9-6 to six. And in the Boston game, you saw especially in the, Bo- in the Buffalo game Their worst period was the second period In the Toronto game uh, I would say their worst period was Was the second period um, and uh, and for 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 the most part, the second period is what's killed them. In the third period, they've been pretty good. They've outscored teams eight to four. In the first period, they've outscored teams seven to three. So outside of the Washington game, Ottawa's been very very good in the first period. Now, you look at the Minnesota Wild, for example. Uh, they were outscored thirteen to six in the first period. So the at the first periods are Achilles' heel. They're around a a 500 team. They're like an even team. And goals for, goals against in the second and third periods, roughly. Here are Vancouver's stats by period. Goals for in the first period, nine. Goals against, five. Yay! Impressive. They start games on time. Love that. Mm -hmm. Goals for in period two, six. Goals against, seven. Negative one. Could be better, but could be a whole lot worse. Goals four in period three, one, goals against, 13. Jeez. They've been outscored 13-1 to in the final 20 minutes, and the only team, the only team in the NHL without a goal in the third period is the San Jose Sharks, and they've won a game. Believe it or not, they somehow won one of their first seven games to start the year. And they were outscored six to nothing to date in the third period at the time of this recording. Yep. Thirteen to one. That's how you finish games. Thirteen to one goal differential. Good God! Now, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for saying that now. if uh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, look at that stat line. Like how, Like this is the basic fundamentals. You start. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Even though how you start is important as well. But if you're not even like making an effort to finish games on the scoreboard, it's like 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 where do you go from here? How do you do, how do you improve? Yeah. And and, and and the and the offensive numbers, like from an individual standpoint, you know, Peterson's looking okay, Quinn Hughes is looking okay, Brock Besser, even though the goals aren't coming, he's getting on the score sheet as well. But just from a team standpoint, what's changed? Yeah. They're they're starting slow as glasses out of the gate yet again. And last year, when they got their you-know-what together, it was too late because that slow start cost them. And you know what? It's going to happen again if they don't get their heads screwed on straight and start winning games soon.
1: You know, what's crazy is... Uh, Vancouver is the only team that hasn't won a game yet. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Arizona. Oh, 4 2 yeah. They've
0: gotten at least two points in the extra time, but they haven't won a game. That's right.
1: Arizona has won a game against the Leafs, no less. Uh, <laughs> San Jose has won a game. Anaheim has won a game. Minnesota has won a game, as we mentioned. Uh, Columbus has won two games. Uh, so it's just, uh, yeah, that, that part's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I, they have to figure it out. I don't know what they do, though, because it's like, yeah, you're right. I feel like, like, I guess maybe there is some locker room issues, like, especially with that quote that I just read from Bruce Boudreau. It's like, it makes it seem like if Bruce Boudreau, like, says that so publicly, I feel like there is something going on with, um, with with the team. Um, especially
0: when yeah. we all thought those situa- that situation was resolved right. last year when he came in yeah, and yeah. started winning it's just like yeah that's behind
1: us right right there and was like that, there was there's rumors that Horvat, JT Miller and Peterson all don't get along um, there's also like or like I think like Quinn Hughes thinks he's better than everyone type of thing so yeah it's it's not looking great for Vancouver um Yeah, I I don't know how to fix it, because I was, like, you know, I was thinking of doing the same thing with Minnesota and, like, looking at their free agents, but it's, like, I don't even know how you even really improve the team. The only thing I was thinking is, is, like, if they're, if they just have given up on the season, like, at some point, I I wouldn't say, like, right now they should give up, but, like, let's say in a month, if things don't get better, uh, they should look into trading Bo Horvat. um... Because he's a UFA, they have J.T. Miller, they have Elias Peterson as centers, so it would only make sense to like trade Bo Horvat. I know he's the captain, but I I feel like you could get a lot for him um, if they decide to go that route. But I don't know if they're actually gonna do that. Um, The thing that's that's tough with this team is is that they're kind of in cap hell, Um, so so it's like. I guess you could make a trade for like someone who has a similar contract to you, um, but which is why I was suggesting maybe like Bo Horvat goes to Minnesota and like Vancouver gets like someone on Minnesota who's worth five point five or something like that. Dumba. Yeah, maybe Matt Dumba. That would be interesting, actually. Dumba for Bo Horvat. I think we we may have gotten a deal. Um, wait, does does. I think Matt Dumba is pretty cheap, actually, isn't he? Um. um yeah, I, I think
0: what? he's around like the five point five to six. Oh no! no, 5, no oh, Matt And he's in a contract here, like yeah. orbat is. Matt
1: Dumba's six million, so that would be. Yeah. The, but like Vancouver's up to the cap at this point, so I don't know if they would necessarily do that. But yeah, that would be the closest one if Vancouver and Minnesota do decide to, um, to make a trade. Um, but um, because especially for Minnesota, because Minnesota needs a center. Um, yeah, I guess Vancouver could use Matt Dumba. That would be interesting. But like you know, just contract wise, I don't know if that would work because it's like you have Oel there, you have Quinn Hughes there. Um, so I don't know if it necessarily would make some sense to bring. Although it I like think that.
0: I've heard in some circles they might be willing to part with Tyler Myers so that okay. could open up a spot for Dumba.
1: Well, a lot of player. Yeah, the thing though with Tyler Myers though is he has two years with of worth six million. So I don't know if Minnesota yeah. would want to do that. So
0: he's more likely to get bought out than traded, he's I think, at fair. this point.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Although it looks like Tyler Myers have a oh Tyler Myers has a no trade clause, modified no trade clause starting July first, twenty twenty two. Okay, so I guess he does have ten teams that he can't be traded to, so um yeah. so I guess there is something there. Um yeah, maybe the, the, like, it would be kind of interesting if, like, the two teams we talked about, like, you know what would be perfect for our podcast is, like, so we post on Monday, and then on Tuesday, um, like, they make, Vancouver and Minnesota makes this trade that we were just suggesting, so that would be kind of funny, <laughs> uh, but... Um, yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I I guess, like, do you think, like, let's ask the same question that I asked for for Minnesota to Vancouver. Do you think Vancouver's going to figure it out?
0: See, the thing with Minnesota is I think they have some opportunities to gain ground because, like, Chicago, if somehow 3-2, and they're not going to be even close to that good for that long. So there's... The, the, I don't think you have to worry about Chicago for too much longer, even though they won three in a row. Mm. Nashville at two, four, and one. I I said I was concerned about their offense and whether or not those guys with career seasons could replicate that. And Roman Yossi, I think in his first six or seven games, only has one assist and nothing yep. else. Yeah. So my prediction might be ringing true a little bit there. Nashville's two, four, and one, so they could be still so early though. Winnipeg yeah. is two and three. I don't expect them to be a threat and minnesota and Arizona's not catching up to minnesota no way in hell so i, I like don't be in the wild card mix at the very least they'll be fourth yeah so yeah there, there's definitely time for minnesota to catch up whereas vancouver you look at the flames starting off 4-1-0 and i think they're legit even though their goal differential is only plus two they're still winning games. They have the talent. They have the defensive depth as well. Yep. So I like Calgary's chances of being a playoff team again. Vegas is looking like an improved team under Cassidy and I think the I think they'll stay that way. I don't know where they fall into the mix, but they're in the they're in the playoff conversation and they're a solid contender yep. at that, assuming injuries don't royally screw them. Seattle at 2-3 and 2, that's probably not going to last and they won't be a playoff team for much longer the kings i think could figure it out they're 3-4-0 on the year the oilers of course with mcdavid and dry they're two and three but i mean it's only a matter of time if those guys play at the level that we think they are they're just going to will the oilers into the playoffs that that's that's just how the law of the land works Um, and as for san jose i think vancouver's free and clear of them if they're not well that's that's a sad state of affairs in itself. Yeah. But if you're asking me whether or not Vancouver can keep pace with a lot of those teams like Calgary and Vegas and even the Kings or the Oilers, I'm not. I'm not sure they can.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially if late in games they're playing like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a fair point. I, I'm thinking that like the thing that Vancouver has an advantage of over Minnesota is that. Vancouver is in a tougher division. Uh sorry, Vancouver is in an easier division cuz yes, you're yeah. right. They, they still have like yeah, uh the Pacific has Calgary, Vegas is looking good, Edmonton as well, you never know with McDavid and stuff. Los Angeles is sneaky good. Um maybe Seattle is sneaky good, but they're all like, you know, Edmonton has shaky goaltending now. Seattle has shaky goaltending too. Um And then I didn't even mention Anaheim and San San Jose. Whereas in the Central, pretty much there's only two bad teams in Chicago and Arizona. All the other ones are like, okay, I could realistically see them making the playoffs. Um, But so so I think that's like what Vancouver has over all like Minnesota, um, in terms of like making the playoffs and stuff like that. But. You know, I, I think like we learned last year, and they should know that if you start off rough, you know, if you start off like on a on a very cold streak, it's gonna be tough to make up uh, towards the end of the year, um, and like yeah yeah, basically every point matters. So so yeah, I I feel like both teams have to figure it out very very quickly. Um, and I feel like I feel like Minnesota will figure it out sooner than vancouver will um, but it's just the, the, it's just crazy that it's with, like with oh, okay it's yeah.
0: just like the way they conduct themselves yeah. like off the ice it's like you know what if you're a team like anaheim that's very young and yep. you just haven't learned the ins and outs of the nhl arizona's another example yep. and you can't defend properly and you're having trouble scoring goals you can fix that with learning with months of learning and just persistence and just encouraging guys to to practice harder yep but if you don't have that work ethic and you're getting in each other's way all the time no amount of practice can fix that yep and if the Canucks keep getting in their own way they're not going to be as good as they want to be simple as that yeah it's no, the same with any hard. team that that has similar problems like that yeah look yeah. at the Sens. the the, the sense. The, granted, it was just a couple. Uh, it was a couple of circumstances, but when you have a situation that divides a locker room, true. It, it breaks the team apart to the point where it's broken beyond repair. Right, and a teardown is unfortunately what's needed at
1: that. Yeah, time. the thing though with Vancouver is, is they signed they extended JT Miller, and yep. then. Uh, Peterson's going to be a free agent pretty soon, but not, like, mm-hmm. next year. Uh, they, I guess they could trade Bo Horvat, but that seems to be the the main, the best option for them. That, they it seems like
0: their only option. Yeah, it seems
1: point. like, exactly, that seems to be their only option, and because of that, teams know that they're, like, desperate to change something. Um, yep. so, um, I mean, I guess maybe Bruce Boudreau goes, which would be kind of crazy, but, uh, just because of the fact that he, you know, he got them to a good point last year, but um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just insane when you think about it. Um, but at the end of the day, if yeah. you're
0: going through multiple, if you're going through multiple coaches and the same problems bring themselves up, at what point yeah. do you say it's not the coach, it's the team?
1: Right, right, right. Uh, we'll leave this conversation at the fact that Minnesota has three points, Vancouver has two points yet somehow Chicago has six points and is fourth in their division um so that's crazy
0: also Morasic is injured so yeah Morasic's injured yeah yeah. Maybe.
1: yeah I mean that and might be a also a plus thing.
0: one goal differential which yeah. I find even more crazy
1: yeah I was just like looking here I was cause when I was talking making that point about the divisions with the Pacific versus Central It's like wait a second Chicago's in fourth <laughs> how <laughs> even even being in fourth it's a shocker um so yeah um, I, I think Minnesota will figure it out I think Vancouver I, I, you know what I like I should still go with my gut because I had them in the playoffs I think they'll still figure it out and, and I'm gonna say that uh, Vancouver will figure it out as well but um, I'm not like I'm less confident than I was a week ago about it um, yeah. I, I think you're in the same boat even though you didn't I don't think you had Vancouver in the playoffs
0: um, I had them on the cusp at the very least. Um, I just wasn't sure about their reliance on the defense and the goaltending if that was going to be their undoing. And also, with what happened to start last year, yep. I was concerned maybe just maybe it was going to happen again. Um, and unfortunately, my concerns have been validated since. Yep. But um, yeah, like it sometimes it comes to one bad week or one bad period and. And that's your playoff hope right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's a it's a dog eat dog world in the NHL. This is uh, to quote Josh Johnson, this is again a done league. Yep. And you're not getting results. You're not getting wins. That's it. Doesn't matter how many goals you score, how many power play chances you have, how many power play chances you score. And at the end of the day, um, it, it takes a, a team effort, not a group of individuals, to get wins on the board. Yep. And. And you find that out pretty quickly in, in the, the greatest game on Earth.
1: Right, right. Um, all right, we'll leave. Um, so that's it. That's it for us here. It's a very short episode, but, you know, we'll... we'll I mean, I think... It's, a, it's the
0: first or second week, so True. more, more uh, topics are sure to follow, especially if these two teams continue to struggle, yep. there will be more of a reason yep. to talk about them.
1: So, so I... I um... It was funny today, cause or this weekend. So I, um, I was at my cousin's wedding, um, yeah. and she had married a Canadian. So, uh, so I guess we have a Canadian in the family. I guess uh, me and Steve, you feel I feel closer to you because now I have a, a Canadian as a part of my family, even if it is a cousin in law. Um, but uh, I. One of my first conversations with him today was um, about I was like, oh, so you're Canadian, I have to ask if you're a hockey fan because I guess apparently I didn't want to stereotype him but um, but yeah so I had to like ask him if he was a hockey fan. Uh, he grew up in Mississauga so I figured it was like okay, I know from the OH my limited OHL knowledge that's a he's a steelhead <laughs> Mississauga steelheads. Um, yeah,
0: Miss Sugg is also greater Toronto area. Right, or right, Or right. GTA, as most people
1: call it. Yeah, yeah, so I figured it was like, you know, he's probably a Leafs fan, but I wanted to check. Anyways, he does say that he's a Leafs fan. Um, mm-hmm. And then he says, like, yeah, it's just so crazy because it's like, you know, the team hasn't won since 1967. And, like, they just keep on losing every year. It's like, why do I even follow this team? And then he asked me, like, oh, who do I cheer for? And it's so it's like the Bruins. Uh-huh. And, um, and then I felt bad because it's like, yeah, the Bruins are... But I don't think he... At the time, he didn't know that I was like a diehard hockey fan that has a podcast. Um, but um, once I told him that I co-host a podcast, I you know, I'm a diehard uh, Bruins fan, um, he immediately uh, subscribed to our podcast. So, hello, um, Dan. Uh, we have a new listener. Um, and he was...
0: Welcome to the family. Yeah, By exactly. the way, uh, by the way... Uh, I cheer for the team that did beat Boston in the playoffs. The one time they faced Boston in the playoffs, I might
1: add. Yeah, the Senators. So, he's talking about the Ottawa you, Senators.
0: You, you, can, you, can, you can think of my Senators when you can think of the Bruins losing in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah,
1: exactly. Makes you feel better. Exactly. Um, yeah, he's a Senators fan. So I don't know if, like, I don't know. I, I had wondered this if, like, Habs fans or these fans would enjoy this podcast. But maybe eventually... I'll find out, so, because I'll probably see. They definitely enjoy going
0: to the Canadian Tire Center, yep. because I swear to God, uh, the past couple of years, I don't know if it's going to be the same this year, yep. but it feels like half the building is invaded with the other team's crowd. Right, right, right. Most right. of them have a, a beer or two in them before
1: Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Run. So, um, so yeah. But, yeah, but, but what he commented on how great it is that all our episodes are like over an hour and a half long, so, um, so... <laughs> That, it, it, it's funny, so I um, I appreciate that. I'm sorry for our first episode that you're going to be listening to. Although I don't know, maybe whatever you're doing on your honeymoon, uh, <laughs> maybe he's not even listening to this podcast. But um, but yeah. Anyways, I, I just wanted to get that out there. That congrats Dan and Sarah or Sarah and Dan. Um, Am I welcome
0: to, congrats the to them as well?
1: Exactly. Uh, so now, before, before,
0: before just to try on this podcast, Brent. I want okay. to get your honest opinion. I know you said you didn't want to talk about it. Bruins reverse uh, retro thoughts. Like okay, it? hate
1: it. Yeah, no. I I guess I. It's not that I didn't want to talk about it. It's just it's just tough to talk about it when yeah. you're like because this is an audio platform and not like yeah. you know. But so just, people if you can look
0: at it online, The yeah, Bruins they brought back the Pooh Bear jersey. It's it's yep. a white base, not yep. the gold base as before. Yeah, would
1: uh, you buy? That's a good description of it. Yes, no, yes, I, I would buy it. The only thing, uh, the only complaint I would have on it is that I thought, like, I I wish it was like yellow. Although I know that's like what the original Pooh Bear uniforms were, but um, I yeah, wish it, you're gonna do what yeah.
0: Nashville did in two thousand three, just bring up the jersey yeah, they, just, added. they back, had and going just bring
1: back, that. just bring it back. Yeah, um, but. It's either, like, bring it back in yellow or even, like, bring it back in black. I don't know. I guess something... Yeah, that would be an
0: interesting yeah. one, too. Although, I don't know if yeah. you could see the bear, though. That's the
1: thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I feel like it could still work, though. But, yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Possibly. But, yeah, no, I, I am definitely excited about it. And, yes, to answer your question, I will buy it. Will you buy the Sens retro? Um... It's a tough
0: one because you know what i i give him props for being creative but the reverse retro that they chose isn't exactly on all fronts the jersey that i had in mind so mm-hmm. the one that they based it off of is the red mid or early to mid 2000s jersey that they had not with the 2d logo but The Centurion logo, that wasn't like the Centurion logo that everyone knows, the Centurion logo before it. So they basically chose that jersey, and they kept the same shoulder patches and the numbers in red, but they made the rest of it black, and they put the 2D logo on the front, but kept the same striping that had the old Centurion logo on it, and to me it just looks odd. So what I would have done is I keep the red shoulder patches the same, I keep the numbers the same, and I keep the 2D logo the same. The one thing that I would personally change, and I'm not going to get my way because I'm not the designer in this scenario, but remember the Sens black jersey that they had in the early to mid-2000s where you had the gold centurion stitching on the bottom portion of the jersey and on the sleeves of the jersey? So just add that and just keep the rest that they had.
1: Oh, wow. That's the
0: one thing I would change. Yeah. And then maybe it would look, I don't know, I I don't want to say it look a bit more presentable, but it would look more catching to the eye for me. The the one that they chose is a bit off, but I'm not going to knock them too much on it because they tried something creative as opposed to last year they changed – they home and away, and they just put a red version right. of what they were going with. Yeah. Like, they actually try to be creative, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if they really hit this one out of the park or not, and I'm not sure if I'm going to buy it, to be honest, but I apply their creativity at the very least. They yep.
1: tried. Yeah. Um, all right. That about does it for us here on Lace Them Up. You can follow us on Lace Up Podcast. Our Facebook is Lace Them Up. Um, you can also uh, lace up podcast on Twitter. Um, yep. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast. That's about it. I'm Brett Zuboff.
0: I'm Steve Elsworth. We'll talk to you again in episode 340 of the Lace Up Podcast.